This is Happy Lifestyle Online Show, where we talk about viewpoints and experiences on what it takes to have a fulfilled and happy life. Join host Lisa Caprelli as she brings stories and experiences from leaders, entrepreneurs, professionals, and creative people making a difference in the world. Welcome to Happy Lifestyle Online. I'm Lisa Caprelli, and today we have my good friend Scott Shire. Welcome, Scott. Hello. So, Scott Shire is president of Quintessential Financial, and Quintessential comes from one of the facts that he has quintuplets. And that's actually five at once. Yes. Well, not all at once, because of course that would be crazy, but 95 seconds, start to finish, five verse. <laughs> yes, that's amazing. Not many people have um, have quintuplets, triplets, quadruplets. What is the statistics on people who have quintuplets? Well, I think you have better odds winning the lottery. Really? Wow. Ours was the 42nd set born in the U.S., the first set of quintuplets so that were completely healthy. It was my first tangible experience of a miracle. What was that like for you early on? Um, well, after I stopped walking into the walls and um, started thinking straight, it actually was a blast because I had five yeah. little lives that I got to mold and play with. And, you know, people look at me and say, oh, isn't he such a good dad? He's acting like a kid with them. No, I just <laughs> wasn't a kid, but now I got praised for it. Yes. So when did you, when did you all start getting sleep after the quintuplets were born? Actually, um, that's another, I think, somewhat miraculous thing. Uh, our kids were all five sleeping through the night within a month of coming home. But yeah. we followed a program called Grown Kids God's Way that really, um, a lot of stuff that used to be common sense, I think it's been lost, but uh, good techniques for um, helping kids to sleep through the night. Well, one of the things I like about you, Scott, is when your, your children uh, were teenagers and they're now uh, out of college, right? Yeah, they're uh, 22, and in another month, they all turn 23 years old. Wow, that's amazing. So, they five or four years. You, um, you taught them how to get along, and in high school, they had to share a vehicle. Yeah, isn't that a great way to learn negotiation tactics and techniques, you know, when you have to share one car amongst five kids? You know, who gets to drive it, who gets to drive the others, who gets to not get driven? Yeah. And it worked out. They didn't have. They didn't come to mom and dad and say, "Help us well, out." They still come to us, and we say, "You know, I think it's time for you guys to work that out." Yeah. <laughs> and they did. They really did. So, what has being a father meant for you? Ooh, uh, it has meant being able to share the things that I've learned and to think about the things that I have learned, so I can share appropriately with my kids and to. Um, have a period while they're really young to try and mold them and shape them as they come up, as they grow up, and then later to see, well, now what's taken? What have they got from others? What have they just done themselves? And to see how they each turn out, because all five turned out very unique and different. By the way, I'm going to tip my camera down just a bit because yep. I talk with my hands, and if you can't see my hands, oh, you don't yes. know what I'm talking. Yes, very expressive. So um, I want to change hats a little bit. And speaking of hats, I, as you know, I'm re doing research about the five hats and writing about that. So five mm -hmm. hats, and the first hat being um, family, second hat's friendship, three's career, four is connection, and the fifth hat being adventure. Uh, one of the things that I would love for you to share with our audience 
is uh, having to do with relationships. Uh, you've studied, you have a lot of personal development. Uh, we have had amazing conversations through the years and regarding relationship and love and, and explain to us what, what different kinds of loves, love uh, there is. Well, that's a pretty heavy question. Yes, uh, we went I, heavy. We went heavy right away. <laughs> well, if, if you're a reader of the Bible, it talks about three uh, types of love: uh, agape, eros, and uh, phileo. Um, phileo being, you know, love with your words. Um, uh, what did I just say? Uh, uh, phileo, agape. What was the middle one? Uh, um, <laughs> just blanked out myself. Uh, <laughs> So the middle one with your words, uh, the next one with your, uh, with your body, um, eros. Um, so that's where you're, you know, you'll sacrifice yourself to somebody, you'll serve somebody else. So it's not just words, but your actions and, and devoting your life for someone else. And then agape where you're just, you open up your life, you'll, you know, you would die for someone else. You, um, where you're not worried so much about yourself. So I would say that those are, um, the, the three that the Bible uh, delineates, and there are more. Uh, I've been mm -hmm. by others. There are many more. Uh, I know we got into a bit of a conversation one time um, about counseling. When I was going through, and a counselor asked me, "Scott, do you love your wife?" At the time, we were separated and going through, uh, a, approaching going to a divorce. And I challenged him back, um, "What do you mean by love?" And he said, "You know, don't play games with me." And uh, it's a simple question: Do you love her? And I said, "Well." It's not a simple question. Um, you know, as I explained, even the Bible has three types. So I said, I, I love her as the mother of my children. I right. love her as a sister in Christ. But at that time, due to a variety of things, um, mm -hmm. I no longer loved her as a wife. Right. Um, and so with that, though, it spurred me on to really delve into Scripture and myself and, the, uh, and thinking about what is love? Right, and that's very important. People don't know that, and and I honor your hats off uh, that that you wanted to explore that more. And you you yeah. wrote something about that, uh, and you shared with me a while ago, and and I thought that was very poignant. Yeah, and, for me, yeah, for and it, it, I felt compelled to do it, and um, wrote about five single single space uh, pages of what I really felt. Um, love at the deeper levels meant and the bottom line for me this comes down to transparency right and there's a lot that goes into that because to to love someone else you from my perspective and i and i think it it meshes with what the bible says also you have to be willing to completely open yourself up i mean god says he knows everything he he um so he knows our heart more than we do uh and when so he tells us to you know confess to him and confess things. He knows them anyway, but confess it, get it out, right? right. But it still takes some trust and to do that, um, but with each other. I mean, God made us initially for him for a relationship. Then he made, uh, he said, Adam, it's not good for him to be alone. So he made his uh, Eve, you know, and so they had the vertical with God and the horizontal relationship with each other. And then, you know, they got children and community and all that. But with that spousal relationship, to me, that in seeking out that most key relationship after God is finding someone that you can trust and be open with, be transparent with when I, that, and so when I was um, seeking out that, that woman to spend the rest of my life with, one of the key things I want to find out, would she have enough confidence 
enough um, foundation that she was loved by God that she could open up. And I would take the first step. I'd say, okay, here's who I am. Here's my faults. Here's, here's the things that might not be able to live with, you know, and, yeah. and that kind of thing. And um, I'm taking a step in doing that in faith that based on this conversation, there's something there and that I think I can trust you. Can you receive that about me? And if she can, and then she feels comfortable that there's that trust, she then can open up and share her faults, her flaws, her deficiencies, her sins, uh, mm-hmm. all that. And she'll be judging to see, you know, how do I receive that? Do I treat it with tender hands? And do I respond because I want to help her become better? Or do I respond because, boy, I, now I've got leverage and I can bring her down. Um, right. I would suggest that love is where you you're always responding to build the other person up because you're already loved. If you feel loved by God and if you have a spouse who you feel, you know, and friends, family that you feel loved by, then you've got that foundation where you can love others. Even if they reject you, it doesn't matter. That's a reflection on them that they don't see the beauty that's in you, but you still have that support, that foundation um, that you can be transparent with others because that's the right thing to do. And that's where truth comes out. And and we all, I I think do better. That's hard yeah. to so, so tell us what it was like starting over, getting out of a long-term relationship, which happens to many people, happened to me, and what that journey was like. And, and, and um, you have love again, and Scott was married this year. So tell us for people who are listening, and especially voicing it for men, because I feel like a lot of times men don't have that place to share or understand women. We're socially designed to communicate, and, and I feel right. for men it's a little different experience. No, it, it is hard. Uh, I found it very hard to find other guys, um, especially Christian guys, to uh, yeah. talk with. I think there's uh, maybe a bit of a taboo that uh, understandably goes with divorce. Um, I think some guys think it must be, it might be contagious, you know, if you start talking <laughs> to them, you know, maybe they'll uh, be tempted to do the same. And divorce is always painful, always difficult, never recommended. Right. If you just, uh, and we went through years of counseling and, and work together. Uh, I was married for 28 years before getting divorced. Yeah, very uh, not something went into lightly at all. Um, and when first separated, divorced, there is a tendency, uh, it was for me at least, I think for most to go, woo-woo, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but that quickly fades to then realizing, okay, um, I don't want to be that guy or whatever the, that's out there just perpetually dating kind of thing. I want to, because that's shallow. You're not going deep with people at that level. I want to find someone that, man, I could do that transparency with, that I could go deep with, that um, I could count on and she could count on me and that we could build each other up. And it took me, um, well, I was very fortunate. It only took me a little over a year to find yeah. Gloria and to have that happen. Uh, but, but I will say one of the things about you is, is you did, you've always done a lot of personal development within right. yourself along the way, which is important. I've done that too. We, you and I share very similar interest in, in a lot of people being entrepreneurial, even, you know, people like Tony Robbins or, or who, right. whoever. And oh, mm-hmm. that brings up a, a great point. Yes. I, I did a lot of reading. Uh, I love audible.com for books on tape, you mm-hmm. know, where I went through dozens of books on relationship, on dating, um, right. So you weren't breaking up with your relationship and then just like, Oh my God, what do I do now? You yeah. were educating yourself. Absolutely. Like, right. Because you, yeah. you wanted something better for yourself. 
Well, not only, uh, and uh, although there's a tendency when going through that phase to be self-focused, but I also was very conscious about my own children too, even though they were adults or, you know, 20 mm-hmm. or, or so at that point, um, I didn't, I didn't want to do anything that would one, uh, possibly destroy their image of marriage for their future sure. or, um, hinder their thought of being loved and secure too, so as to hinder their, again, future relationships, uh, with, with a spouse or with God. Um, so I got a lot of counsel in that arena also. And I think anyone with kids, uh, that's a lot of times what keeps you together, but that's also the biggest issue than when separating. Um, I was fortunate uh, that we didn't separate until my kids were already into college and living on their own. But still, with my new wife's uh, daughters, they were in their uh, late 20s, 30s, and um, they still didn't like the fact, you know, of <laughs> their mom remarrying. And I hear that from everybody, whether they're 80 years old or, yeah. or 20 years old. No child likes their parent um, dating someone else and whoever they're dating that they're engaged to then there's something about that person's taking their mom or dad away from them. It's not right. good, you know, right. or they want to reject it because they, uh, in their mind, mom and dad should always come back together. Usually it's not always. So, so how did you, um, going fast forward to you are married to a beautiful woman, Gloria, Gloria Shire. Mm-hmm. And how did, how have you to related with, um, marrying, having adult children, you having five, she having two. So instantly you have seven. Right. No, we did. Um, first taking one step back when going through that whole separation process, the best advice I got was to make sure that our children knew I loved them, their mother loved them, and that our separating was an issue between their mom and I, but that we each loved each of them individually. And that wasn't changing at all. Um, didn't even enter into their being a part of our separating. That was between their mom and I, but their mom and their dad needs love for each of them individually was more solid than ever. So, and that I kept reemphasizing. It's true, but it still needs to be reverbalized and emphasized for them. So that was one thing. The other thing is, um, as I met Gloria, when kids don't want to know about their parents dating either initially, um, so I I didn't really share about that because that would just be ooh, everything. Um, <laughs> but then when I did get serious with Gloria and and let them know, I did it from the stand again after reading a lot of books and talking with counselors. Um, I shared with them that I'm not looking for their approval or, or um, asking for their approval or expecting that they will approve of my getting engaged to someone because I'd only been divorced for barely a year. Sure. Um, and, and, but it wouldn't matter. My Gloria had been divorced for 17 years. So, um, but I told them I'm informing them so that they're, uh, I want to communicate so that they know what's going on. My hope is that they, they would come to love Gloria and, and be happy that we're together. Uh, and I don't want to do anything to cause pain for their mom either. Uh, but the emphasis being, I'm communicating with them so that they're aware of what's going on. And they did go through um, the anger and rejection and denial kind of things, the five stages of grief that people go through. Um, in varying ways, they went through that, which is understandable. So I didn't expect them to be happy for me at the beginning because they were more upset that, oh, wow, this divorce thing is really real. Uh, but as time went along, they at the, each at their own individual pacing came around, I believe, to not only be comfortable, but even to love um, the new status quo. Of yeah. the so, so what... It- 
what uh, takeaways would you have for men listening to this as far as the hope that you can start anew and you can find love again, you can build upon what you believe in and find love and fulfillment and happiness, which is something we all seek. Yeah. Uh, it's not easy there. Um, it does take time. I feel like I was very fortunate to find someone that fit me so well, so quickly. Uh, I think once you find that person, you test it out, realize for the first six months, your the endorphins are kicking in, so you are temporarily insane, and <laughs> so do not make any life-altering decisions for that first six months. Uh, you are literally on a drug high, <laughs> uh, and I would suggest uh, if you when you get engaged, make that engagement period at least another six months because there's something that changes in the dynamics when you actually put a ring on a finger and it's, you set out a date. It's like, look, this is real. You know, it's like, okay, you know, you look at things differently and same thing after you're married, then you look at things differently, but you don't, you don't change that. Um, but prior to married, and I emphasize that to Gloria too, you know, during the engagement, um, you know, if, if you see something that's a red flag, oh, here's the takeaway, bring it up to me. Yeah. Don't, um, don't just hide it and keep wondering and let it fester. Bring it up so I, I'm aware if I'm doing something that is of concern to you or annoying to you so that I can at least explain this is why I do it, you know, deal with it or, wow, let me see if I can't change my behavior so I'm not annoying or frustrating to you because uh, I yes. want to be a blessing. Well, and oftentimes um, after I find from the people I've interviewed through the years is after a, a relationship ending divorce uh oftentimes one or the other doesn't want to remarry or they have a stigma about marriage again uh, how was that different for you uh well and, and my, my ex isn't looking that direction at this time either as far as i know um but i i hope that that changes anyway uh for me i had to search scripture heavily because for me i, I wanted for me to be right with God in that. And so I was able to, um, I feel justified for, for my situation biblically that it was okay to remarry, but I know some would also disagree with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, a lot of times men are, men are, are just scared to get married again. Oh, they want point. their freedom yeah. or they feel maybe, you know, they haven't resolved the past and I wouldn't not, put it like that also. So okay. I, it was, I went into it with the idea that, Maybe marriage isn't necessary. Maybe I just need to find the right woman and spend the rest of my life. And who says that we have to, you know, go through the ceremony yeah. and, and marry and all that. And so I kind of went into it from that perspective. But I then realized if I've met the person I want to spend my life with, we're committed. But why wouldn't I make that public declaration to the world that I am committed for life to this woman now? Uh, and I want to have a ceremony where I invite my friends and her friends and we declare it to them and to the world that we are married. To me, that seemed like the right thing to do. To not do that is kind of like saying, yeah, no, I'm committed, but yeah, I don't want to go that far as to tell everyone because I still have one foot, two toes that are on the line. Right. Uh, at least it makes it easier to feel that way. Uh, I know a lot of people that have stayed in a non-marital committed right. relationship for decades and they have a wonderful relationship. Right. But, so 
that oh, worked yeah. for them and but this is what works for you and and um, I see it working I see how happy and in love you two are and it's such a beautiful thing I'm, I'm so happy for you I mean how can you be, not be happy for newfound love for love and starting over because after all we all make mistakes there's no one on this earth that hasn't or has not gone through pain or struggle and like I said earlier, we are all ultimately ultimately seek love, connection, and um, and marriage brings that certainty. And for me, being a woman, I will say, and I don't know, there's a lot of women that probably won't wouldn't want that, but based on my studies, that we are wired for human connection and. And women typically, um, as in the book, uh, John Gray, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. They, they, they want that certainty. They want to know we're wired differently than men. I've noticed that you are. <laughs> women are definitely different. Yes. So, um, so okay, so I, I, uh, tell me what it was like when, did Gloria know you were going to propose to her? Did she have any... Yes, she did. Okay. We had talked about it. So again, from that transparency standpoint, um, I wasn't playing, Ooh, let me surprise you big time. No, we talked about it and what it would mean. And so there was still excitement when I, when I did propose and got down on one knee and slid the ring on her finger. But it was um, something that we had dialogued about. And although, I mean, a month into our relationship, we thought, wow, this is, this is pretty solid. I think this could, you know. What what were ahead. some? What was one thing? Was there like a light bulb moment when you said, "Okay, this woman is the one"? Was there any certain thing she did, or there's a lot of things. Um, I've talked with you about the Tony Robbins list. Uh, he has uh, the six human needs. Do you mean? No, the um, when selecting your ideal mate. Oh yes, share with that. Sure. Okay, so people, so people listening, men or women, and Scott's giving me this advice, and I, I advice, and I did this a couple of years ago. <laughs> so he has three questions that he asks you to address. The first one is basically, what are the must-have uh, criteria in your future spouse mate? that you're looking for. So what are the things that you're, that man, she's gotta be maybe in this height range, this, uh, this hair color maybe for somebody or this religious belief, uh, this, this way of um, food type or, you know, who knows, whatever criteria and all criteria is, put down the things that, these are the things I, I really am looking for for my ideal mate. So create that list. Then secondly, what are the things that are deal breakers? If this, if this future spouse, future mate does this, if she's addicted, if she's, right. you know, different, whatever religious right. belief or, you know, so what are things that are deal breakers? So if they fit into that, it's out. Don't even press on. And then the third one is really key too, to attract a person like that. What must I change in myself? I like that. What must I change in myself to attract a person like that? So with Gloria, after we'd been uh, dating for um, over a month, uh, I, had, I told her that, man, I created this list and she was, she met pretty much everything. I mean, in every category, it was bizarre. And she said, <laughs> yeah, right. You're just saying that, you know, and I said, no. And so I sent her a list and it was an Adobe file because I'd locked it when I created it. So I could prove to anybody <laughs> that I'd locked it a year before I met her. You know? Right, right. And, um, and she had a similar list, but she didn't, she didn't lock it. I'm an engineer, you know, so I wanted it. Yes, you are. Foolproof. Yes. So she, uh, we just, um, her, her relationship with God was uh, in alignment with mine. That was, and I learned that to be the first key for me. Uh, 
and physically very attractive uh, for me and just the, the, the hype. The children were uh, already adults. Um, I didn't want to um, get into that situation again where raising kids, it's so important to do that, but it's challenging. Um, and just a lot of other things were in there. I had a three keyword phrase that I had when I, on my dating profiles that I was looking for someone who was self-confident, self-sufficient, but not self-focused. Yes. And so learning how balance, a balance, it's a, it's a balance, right? Right. And that's what life is. Uh, and we, I, we, it's work every day till the day we die, you know, constantly learning about ourselves. Um, I often say, uh, you, you cannot change other people <laughs> willingly, you know, but you can change yourself. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I, uh, uh, I like along that change. Uh, I told you, you know, Gloria yeah. told me at one point, she'd ask me, you know, are you a good guy? I said, well, I am, but you can't just go by my word. Uh, I said, you got to watch me over time. He said, well, don't change. I said, no, I'm going to change. He said, what? <laughs> I said, you don't want me to stay stagnant as I am. I'm going to keep learning and growing and hopefully get better. You know, yeah. so I'm going to change, but hopefully always for the better. But you don't want me to. Right. How I am now. Yeah, we, we've talked about, you and I, about the importance of, of having that desire, maintaining that in a relationship, as well as keeping your identity along the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all, all key things. And reading the books, you know, and, and, or listening to books, as I normally do, to help you get new insight and talking with other people. Um, we talked about the importance of being in small group fellowship with other couples. Being in a relationship, it's, I feel it's important to hang around other loving couples and allowing other people, though they're good influences in, in your life. What do you say to that? Absolutely. I think that small group environment is really key uh, where other couples can speak into your life when they see something that's wrong where, you know, guys can get together and share openly gals can also, and you get that cross fertilization. Uh, but most importantly that, there's that trust relationship. It's different from, you know, the husband and wife. Now it's guy to guy, gal to gal, uh, iron sharpening iron, where a guy can say, hey, Scott, you know, what you're saying there, I think you're off base. Uh, and we can have that dialogue. And, or if I see them, another couple doing something, wow, you see how they handled that disagreement or how they, yeah. you know, shared with one another, I can learn from them and inspire me to get better. Right. And I think that's important. As I said earlier, uh, women can tend to have that communication style, but I think it's important to have positive, uh, it's important yeah. to have positive uh, male role models, such as, as friends and couples doing that. And, and it's, it's a good influence on it, on one another, whether it's a couple that's been together 10 years and 20 years, and then you're like, what are your secrets? You know, right. and the new couples are always, you know, like you said, fun. They have the, the oxytocin going from the new relationship and all that. Uh, but it's very important to, to continue to build upon and uh, continue to maintain that and nurture that relationship. I look at it to me as a business. You, you can have a very successful business and it's doing well. You can make tons of money. And, and there's a theory in, in business that that could be a, a, a critical time. It's somewhat dangerous because there's a lot of change that can happen rapidly with a lot of downfall. So right. I, I always feel like with relationships, if I compare it to business, that uh, you, you can't just stop, show up and expect it to work. Right. Like with relationships, right. You got to keep working on it. 
and and looking for positive change but it's fun I, and you're like me you love being in a relationship the same way i do it's fun to do that, that exploring. right and, and you go through different phases i mean initially it's all that exploring learning all about the other person and then learning about you and then it's uh then you get through different phases where okay now have we learned everything no you're always learning but now how do you <laughs> respond to other situations so you got to get into new environments new situations then how do you both interact with those new environments and um yeah, and then family. Family is always bringing in new dynamics. Yeah. It's bringing in new dynamics. <laughs> but I think it's key because sometimes there's a tendency to want to hibernate or isolate. And isolation is okay for periods of time, but you've got to get back out into community uh, just to keep your relationship vibrant and growing and alive. Yeah, so one of the last things I want to talk to you about, and I appreciate this focus really being about relationships. You, you can, uh, Scott Shire has a wealth of tip in business, a financial advisor. His website is qfcorp.com. Um, and we can Which talk stands about for quintessential financial. Quintessential okay. financial. But I really wanted to share because I, he's, Scott's such a dear friend of mine. And, and he's such a worldly man and a godly man and has a lot of love. And I, I've not met a lot of people like you. And I, I, I honored that about you and, uh, what it's important to, um, one of the things I've heard you say that pick the person you pick to be your life partner is such an important decision. I know I've had experience there. Yeah. It's, so, I'd say the second most important first one is your relationship with God. And second one is the person you're going to spend, you know, the rest of your life with as your, as your partner, your spouse. Yeah. So like if you could tell your, give advice to your uh, 18, 21 year old self uh, in the regards to relationship, what would you tell that person? Uh, well, one of the things that's important is also to know the background. It's a lot of times uh, people inherently want to present their best foot forward in that new relationship. Yes, I've often heard uh, when you first meet someone, you're meeting the representative. <laughs> yes. And I would suggest uh, that the best thing is just be yourself. Matter of fact, I read a bunch of dating books before you know, going into that dating mode. And the common theme that I found through them, from the good ones at least, was that women are looking for a guy who's confident, right? Um, but the, if you're not being yourself, you can't truly be confident. If you're trying to project a false, greater, a false image of who you think that, other, that woman wants you to be, then you're not being yourself. And she might fall in love with that other image, which isn't really you. So where have you succeeded then? So if you're looking for a long-term, guys doing that, they're just in a dating scene. But if you're looking for a long-term relationship, you want to be as much yourself so that there's real connection. And if the, the woman has fallen in love with you, she's fallen in love with who you really are, short falls and all, rather than a false uh, image that you put forward, uh, you know, and when your princely garments fall off and your horse uh, disappears, you're not <laughs> the prince that she thought she was falling in love with. Yes, and that's when problems can arise. Mm-hmm, and they do. Yeah. yeah. And that's why also you want to let that six months of endorphins at least go by before you start thinking, okay, is this a, a real long-term thing? Yes. Well, I have to say you are a source of inspiration and certainly give hope to a lot of people who want to find newfound love again or who uh, are exiting a relationship, not sure of the future. Obviously, you weren't sure of the future and, and it's, no. a, it's, a, it's a scary, lonely, uncertain time. Yes, it is. 
you know, I, um, in learning about that future, some of the things you had asked me about books also, uh, yeah. you have your five hats. Uh, I think the five love languages are also good. That's yeah. one of the series of questions. I want somebody that shared at least, you know, our two love languages on top were, were very close. So, you know, you got physical touch and affection, words of encouragement, personal time, gifts, and I forget what the fifth one was. Anyway. Yeah, was it, did you say access service? I did, access service. Time. No, nope, okay. that's personal time. Had that one, and the book is by Gary Chapman. Yes, uh, that's great. I love great. that one. Another great one is uh, The Man's Guide to Women by John Gottman. Gottman does a massive uh, uh, um, lab work on couples, thousands of couples for the last like 30 years. And Repeat that again? It's called The Man's Guide to Women. Mine's guide to, man's Guide to Women. There you go. It's, See, I told you Scott was going to be a good influence for you men listening. It's hilarious and great. <laughs> uh, it's audio. And then last one I'd suggest is Boundaries by Thompson and Cloud. And they did a specific book called Boundaries in Dating, which is also really good. Thank you, Scott. So my last question to you is time is promised to no one. As we know, uh, we all want to live as long as possible, happy as possible, and as much love. Um, with that said, one day when you pass on this earth, what do you want to be known for? You know, I was hoping to come up with a quippy phrase for you in that, and I don't have that. So instead, uh, as I thought about it, uh, I want to be known as somebody who had joy in life, who loved life. Uh, I want to be known for having that smile because I'm always looking for What's the, what's the good in whatever situation? Sometimes I am down, you know, I get caught down, but when I realize it, I want to turn around and say, no, nah, I can see how God's working that. Or I can see, you know, uh, the beauty in that. I, I love waking up in the morning and seeing the sun rising up in the clouds and the different colors as they're setting at the end of the day. Going, wow, God, you're an incredible painter. You know, and um, in work, working with somebody, if, whether they're down and thinking, okay, how can I help to bring them up? Or if they're already up, wow, I want to share them that joy. Yeah. Uh, I just, um, so I want to be known as somebody who saw the good and everything. And, and I'd hope, you know, at the end, you know, hear that, um, that phrase, well done. (laughs) What are three things you're grateful for right now, Scott? Three things I'm grateful for. Yeah. Uh, Definitely my, my wife, my beautiful bride, uh, my five kids, phenomenal. Uh, and really, uh, continuing to filter everything through a biblical lens. So the ability to study the Bible and and use that as a filter through which I I see most things. Well, thank you. Well, there you have it. I'm so glad I got to share some words of wisdom and by Scott Shire. And uh, this is Happy Lifestyle Online. And I will leave you with a quote that's by F. Scott Fitzgerald. I hope you live a life you're proud of. I hope you live a life that's true. And if you're not, I hope you have the strength to start over again. So thanks, everyone. I'm Lisa Caprelli. You can find us on happylifestyleonline.com. Beautiful. Thank you, Lisa. Yes. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for listening to Happy Lifestyle Online Show. For more information on growing with our community, follow us at happylifestyleonline.com. I'm Lisa Caprelli. Talk to you next time.